Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bucks. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate NFL Week 5 Pick'em Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at DoorDash, BetOnline, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Dark, by my brother in person, on the mountain time zone, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, how you doing over there? Doing great. Um, you know, we've been sharing this Airbnb for a few days, so it's been great to, uh, you know, get close and just strengthen our bond as co-hosts. It's true. It's true. It's good for uh, it's good for pod morale to be together. Last night, let's uh, talk a little bit about the Lakers taking care of business. We're ahead of uh, before we get into NFL lines here, uh, I was on them minus seven and a half for the game, as was a lot of gambling Twitter from the reaction. Tyler Hero with a dagger three at the end when the Lakers were up ten, so the Heat only lose by seven. But all in all, 
as a Lakers fan, you got to be happy. They they take care of business here. Go up three to one. LeBron, twenty eight, twelve and six. They get contributions from guys like KCP with fifteen points. Uh, Tyler, I think this one's pretty much a wrap, right? Yeah, all year we heard how you know the Clippers are so deep, how they would beat the Lakers. La- the Clippers couldn't even get to the Lakers, and how the Lakers were so top heavy. I mean, you look at the stats. You know, last night the Lakers are up two. You know, under three minutes left, who who hits two big shots in a row? It's KCP. Then Rondo hits a bucket to kind of push that game ahead and put the Lakers up, and AD hits a dash. For all the criticism all year about who's going to be the third guy for the Lakers, I think collectively as a bench unit they've been able to do it. Looking at the finals uh, stats, they have five guys averaging double digits, Caruso and Rondo averaging seven points each. So they do have depth. Everyone, that was like, Kryptonite we heard all year. I don't think it matters when you have LeBron and AD, and especially defensively. AD, I had his points over last night, so I was a little frustrated, but he played incredible. Defensively, he guarded Jimmy Baller. I couldn't find it, but I thought I saw someone say Baller was one of seven from the field when AD was guarding him. It's something like that. He took on the responsibility. It changed the game. The Heat scored 26 points in the fourth quarter. It felt like it was a lot less. Felt like every possession they were struggling to get shots up. That just really speaks to AD and LeBron after the game said AD should have been Defensive Player of the Year. So that's two awards that Giannis has stolen from the Lakers. Um, but the Lakers are one game away from winning the finals. Yeah, AD was incredible. Taking on Jimmy Butler, just his versatility defensively. Uh, I mean, there are a couple of block shots he had in that game. One on Bam that sticks out where Bam was... And he, and he drove past him, and AD's length and speed, he was able to make up for it and still block him. And bam, I mean, he was out uh, game two and three with, with an injury, but he looked good last night. The Heat, the Heat are going to be back in a big way next year. Um, and obviously this one's not quite over yet, but Lakers up 3-1. This is the 36th time this has happened, Tyler. The only time the team has came back and won, everyone knows, 2016 Cavs. This one's a wrap. Uh, so Lakers are going to win the title this year in the bubble uh, for Kobe. They're wearing the Mamba jerseys on Friday, too. So that's even even more ammo uh, there. So let's get into Week 5 NFL. We have an exciting guest. We have Simon Hunter, who is uh, works at the Action Network. He does the Favorites podcast with Chad Millman. He's a pro NFL better. So he's going to join us for this, the second half of the show um, and preview a couple games with him and actually give out a lock of the week. But, Tyler, let's get into this Thursday night game. Bucks going into Chicago to take on the Bears. Real quick before we get to this one, year to date to give our uh, listeners an update. I am twelve and seven on games we previewed. Tyler, you are eleven and eight. Locks wise, I am two one and one after that Tyler Bass garbage from last week, and you are three and one. So all in all, profitable start if we had just only taken these bets. Um, but yeah, the Bears are three and a half point home dogs over under in this one's forty four. Battle of two three and one teams here on Thursday Night Football. Tyler, where's your head at with this one? Because the line opened at, I think, Bucks minus like six, and it's went all the way down to three and a half here. Yeah, it feels like a trap to take the Bucks at three and a half if you just look at how both teams played last week. The Bucks go down early to the Chargers, and Brady comes back, throws five touchdowns. They scored on five consecutive drives, Come uh, overcome a 17-point deficit. The Bears look terrible versus the Colts, scored 11 points, and the touchdown was in garbage time. That game was never close. They could never get anything going on offense. 
All signs say to take the Bucks. Brady, three and a half feels like not a lot you're getting for him. Uh, he's 6-3-1 against the spread all time on Thursday night. They're 4-0 the Bucks against the spread. Their last four is a road favorite. Having said all that, kind of like the Bears, plus 3.5. Feels like they played so bad last week that I think they're, they just have to play better this week. And getting a field goal at home, I think this is a close game. I think the Bucks win by a field goal. Um, but I like getting the Bears as a home dog in this spot. Interesting. So I feel... I felt similarly when this line opened at five and a half, six. Uh, but the fact that it's down to three and a half means a lot of money's coming in on the Bears. And honestly, Tampa's been incredible. They're number one overall in total DVOA. They had that stinker week one versus Saints, but they've kind of right the ship since. Uh, their run defense is second in the NFL. And if, if they could just force Nick Foles to have to pass the ball, I think they're going to have success. I think he's going to make some mistakes. Um you know, work for me last week, fading Nick Foles. So am I playing with fire, doing it two weeks in a row? Potentially, but I'm going to do it. I like the Bucks in the spot, three and a half. If it was two, two, two points, two and a half points higher, I'd probably ride with the Bears. But at three and a half, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the public play here, likely, and uh, take the Bucks and, and be a square better. But you know what, Tyler? That's uh, I think it's going to be a winner for me. Yeah, I mean, you look at the game last week, the Colts versus Bears. Bears defense played really well. It wasn't like the Colts tore them up. Just kind of the Bears offense couldn't get anything going. Rivers threw for under 200 yards. They averaged under three yards a carry. So the Bears defense played well. I think they're going to play well in this spot. And another reason I like the Bears, you look at the Bucks. They're super banged up right now. Chris Godwin, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, Justin Watson, another receiver, they're all out. Yeah, OJ Howard's out too. OJ Howard's out. Leonard Fournette, I don't. He's doubtful. I don't think he's going to play. Mike Evans is questionable, and he, he's banged up with an ankle injury. Scotty Miller, he was a limited participant in practice today. So the Bucks are coming to this game super banged up. On the other side, the Bears are pretty healthy. Khalil Mack, full participant participant in practice today. Akeem Hicks. So I think the Bears defense is going to keep them in this game. Brady makes one more play than Foles, I think, at the end to give the Bucks, you know, a field goal win. But the the Bucks injuries are really concerning. And you look at all those guys that we named who are hurt. I mean, Brady's going to be relying on a banged up Mike Evans and Gronk, who has who hasn't shown anything up to this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think laying the three and a half, I'm comfortable with it just because of uh, this Bucks defense. I know Justin Herbert, you'll get against them last week, but I. I just don't have a ton of faith in Nick Foles. I still feel like at 3-1, and one, this Bears team is inflated in terms of the price here. So I'm going to I'm gonna fade it. I'm going to go with, with the Bucks. So we're on opposite sides of the coin here, Tyler, to start, which is the first time that's happened uh, in a little bit in terms of the first game we've spoken about and, on the pod. And for, and for the Bears, they need to play well, especially Matt Nagy needs the Bears' offense to play well in this game. He went, he went away from Trubisky to Foles. He came in versus the Falcons, looked great. Last week he looked terrible. If you're a Bears fan, you're like, this is why you took out Trubisky. Yeah, the bottom line is, like, look at the games this Bears team has won. I feel like they're still over overrated for what they are. Yeah, I don't think they're very good. I think they're terrible, actually, but I have to stick to my guns here. I think everyone is expecting the Bucks to come in and roll in this game, but I think the Bears will put up a good fight, and Nagy needs the offense to play well because if Foles keeps playing bad, what are his options at this point? Yeah, you, go, you go back to Trubisky because you, you have a shot at winning the playoffs if he does lay 
uh, a, a, a dud. I think your point, I hear it more at five and a half or six. At three and a half, that's just not that much. It, it just makes too much sense to take the Bucks, so that's why I'm taking the Bears. <laughs> but it's it's all on Nagy's shoulders because if Foles stings, then the only one left to blame is him, which I, I don't think he's a great coach anyway. But let's move on to the next game you want to preview. The Bengals taking on the Ravens. What did we have this line at? Twelve and a half. Twelve and a half over under fifty one. Joe Burrow's early in his career, all he does is cover. Depending on what line you got week one, he's either four and against the spread or three oh and one. So he's been money covering. Um he had the, the you know, the epic backdoor cover week two versus uh Cleveland on Thursday night. Last week they got their first win in a game that a lot of people are taking Jacksonville, so he's looked impressive. I think he's Real deal, um, Cody. Where are you in this one? Yeah, it's interesting because you have the Ravens coming in, and they they you know they took care of business versus Washington, but it wasn't uh, wasn't kind of the beatdown I think a lot of people expected following their disappointing loss versus the Chiefs. They basically pushed, but they've been cover machines of late. They're five one one against the spread the last seven regular season games, and and uh, six of those wins they've come by at least fourteen points. You look at them. In terms of all the team stats, they're they're high up there, right? They're seventh in scoring offense, fourth in scoring defense. But I think there's some question marks for this Ravens team and, and some things to be concerned about. Lamar Schefter tweeted out he missed practice today. Uh, that he said precautionary reasons around a knee injury. Um, and you look at the injury report for this game, similar to your point about the, the Bucks. the Ravens have a lot of guys that are banged up. Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith. Brown, Ronnie Stanley. Seems like a lot of these guys will probably end up playing, but the fact that they're coming in a little banged up is a sign of concern. Twelve and a half. Joey covers, as you've said. Uh, Burrow's come in and he's played really well for a Bengals team that was lifeless last year. Um, so I actually like the Bengals in this one, plus twelve and a half. It's a lot of points. And it is scary betting against the the Ravens, given what I said in their recent cover success. But, Tyler, here's a little stat from you from our friends at the Action Network. Divisional road dogs are covering at a 56% rate in September, October, and November, essentially their first matchup. Uh, so they come in fired up. And interestingly enough, Lamar is not amazing as a uh, as a home favorite in terms of covering the spread. Opponents are 10-4 against the spread. Um, versus Lamar in this situation. So I'm taking Joe Burrow, plus 12.5. Um, it's, it's just a lot of points. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. Yeah, it's definitely a lot. Um, I, didn't, I didn't really know about that Lamar injury, so that's a little concerning. But what I'm reading now on Twitter, not considered serious, but obviously that's something to watch if he gets hit early in this game. Looking at the stats of this, I mean, Baltimore didn't play. I didn't think they played amazing last week versus Washington, but I think they're going to, I, th- I think they're going to cover this game and feast on the Bengals. Burrow's been nice early in his career, covering, like we said. But you look at the stats on this one, I just think Baltimore's just a much better t- team. Since he defensively, I think he's going to have a lot of trouble stopping Baltimore. They're bottom 10, and they're giving up the 10th most rush and pass explosive plays in the league. They're 30th in red zone offense, so they're having trouble scoring. They're last in pressure rate, so if you can't get after Lamar, you're in a lot of trouble. Baltimore's a explosive offense overall in the NFL, so they're getting a lot of big plays. Just looking at it from that angle, I like the Ravens. I just don't think the Bengals are going to be able to slow them down. Um, 
So yeah, I, li- I like Baltimore. It's a lot of points to lay, and obviously this, the stat you gave out um, about division teams early in the season, but also Burrow's been sacked the second most times, so if Baltimore can get after him, I mean, he's, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. We've seen him take some big hits early, so I think Baltimore's defense is going to gear up to kind of get after him in this one. Yeah, so two for two here in terms of us not agreeing, which is going to make uh, this uh, head-to-head record up in the air after this week. But let's get to our Monkey Knife Fight lock of the week here before we cut to the interview with Simon. So Monkey Knife Fight, a friend of the program, used promo code full slate for a free $5 game and up to $50 first deposit match there. Um, and as we spoke about on recent pods, it's a very fun player prop focused DFS site. So if you don't like Sharps taking all your money in FanDuel and DraftKings in the big contest and that seems a little overwhelming, well here you just kind of choose your picks and it's player versus house. So if you win, you win some money, which is nice. Um, Tyler, I'll let you go first here. What is your monkey knife fight lock of the week? So my monkey knife fight lock of the week, I think this is very easy. Um, I'm taking in the Minnesota-Seattle Sunday night game, there's a a contest you could play more or less. You pick the over-under for Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson's uh, passing yards. If you hit both of them, it pays out 3-1. to So I'm taking the over for both of these guys' passing yards. Wilson over 304.5 passing yards. Kirk Cousins 251.5 passing yards. Both of these pass defenses stink. They're both bottom four in the league in total defense and passing defense. Seattle's allowing 401 passing yards a game. That is staggering. I know they've been up in a few of those games, but that's still terrible. Um, they're giving up. Minnesota's giving up nearly 13 yards of completion. Seattle 12. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, a shootout. So I, I love the over for both of these guys. Wilson only at 304, I think, is super low. He's going to carve up this Minnesota defense. They're really bad. They're not the same defense they've been the last couple of years. And Kirk Cousins, I know it's Cousins' prime time, which isn't really a good uh, success for him in the past, but the Seattle defense isn't much better. So I expect both these guys to throw for a lot of yards. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And uh, I'm piggybacking off that and staying in this game. I mean, especially you look at it. The over-under in this game is 57 and a half, I believe. Let me just confirm this real quick. Yeah, that's the highest of the week. So I'm going to do the uh, touchdown dance game. So basically I need to choose three players to score over two and a half touchdowns. I'm going to take Dalvin Cook, Tyler Lock. DK Metcalf. Dalvin's leading the league in rushing. He scored a touchdown in every game. I like that one a lot. As you said, Seattle's pass defense has been terrible, so I think they're going to have a lot of opportunities to punch it in in the red zone and lock it at Metcalf. I mean, Russ is, continues to cook. He's earned 16 touchdowns so far. I see both of them having some success against this Viking secondary that's been much maligned. So again, go to Monkey Knife Fight, use promo code full slate for a free $5 game and up to 50 match. And we are going to take a quick break, have a word from a couple of our sponsors, and then return with our interview with Simon. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurant like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Wow. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Okay, and Tyler and I would like to welcome on the Full Slate Airwaves, Simon Hunter, pro NFL better and co-host of the Favorites podcast with Chad Millman at the Action Network. Simon, thanks for joining us tonight. How's your week going? My pleasure, boys. It's good, man. It's another week uh, during a pandemic, and I think as most of us, we're just adjusting with the times and we're we're trying to take the value where we can get it, where these different things are, are happening. So it's been a good week, man. These early days here, these are days like I, I try to get the early numbers. So it's it's long days. And I, it's easier once the towards the weekend, once I know more info on the injury report and different things like that. So it's good, man. Yeah, yeah. And for our listeners at home, since I can't see Simon right now, he's in like a room that kind of looks like an aquarium almost. And I asked him where he was. He said, this is this is my lab. I need I need the darkness. so I don't get distracted by the light. So it seems like Simon is is committed to, to giving out winners. Simon, what was kind of your like initial foray into NFL betting and uh, how how you almost essentially became like a pro? Like, what can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? For sure, man. Um, I was just like everyone else where uh, when I grew up, the World Series of Poker was a real big deal. And it kind of took off where me and all my buddies, we were just playing Texas Hold'em nonstop. And I, I try, I'm trying to think. It might have been Poker Stars. There's, there's some sites that you could play. Um, this is like 05, 06. You could play online for real money. And so I'm doing that as like a teenager pretty much. Um, like this, this might have been like my junior, senior year of high school. We were doing it, and a buddy passed me along to a book that was run by um, I don't know if it's like the Philadelphia Mob or like what the book was run by, but it was the kind of thing where like you you Venmoed the dude or like you had problems because you had to basically send in your driver's license, like a photo of your driver's license, to uh, get on this book. So I joined up, and I definitely lost for about four years. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just like Joe Public, man, like big parlays, like uh, teasing only favorites down to like the one or to the two, and just like basic things where I didn't really know what I was doing, and um, basically lucked into a job on the Jersey Shore back in the day, this this TV show, and when the show wrapped up, we went to Vegas for Paulie D's show, 
So I'm, I'm at this point, I'm probably in like my mid twenties and, um, I met a guy playing Texas Hold'em, uh, in a tournament and we got, we got matched up like a couple times and like we, we were just bullshitting. He, he's probably in his like early sixties at the time. And, uh, sure enough, I saw him maybe like a week or two later at a uh, blackjack table. We played blackjack until like, you know, four or five in the morning. Like it's just Vegas. Uh, time doesn't exist. And we go out to breakfast, and he's pretty much just chatting me up and, like, just dropped on me that he was a professional sports better and that, like, he runs with a group of guys there in Vegas, and they needed runners, which is basically, like, he would come to me and give me 50K, and he would say, I want you to go to this casino, I want you to bet 5K on this game, 5K on this game, and then go to this other casino and do the exact same thing. So, basically, you're just doing their dirty work because they're not allowed in these sports books. So I was like, oh, man, that's pretty interesting. He was like, you got any interest in doing that? And I was like, no, like, I got a good job in uh, TV. And instead of working for him, I kind of became good friends with him. And he was the one that turned me on to, like, I already knew about Reddit. But he just told me to go on there and try to find a system. Um, so so basically, people listening, uh, I do a lot of stuff with numbers and data and building, like, systems and modules to get the – try to find value in different numbers and it's basically just a prediction system where um, I'm putting values in and it's kicking back to me a number. So I, I took that model off the Internet off like this is like early days of Reddit, too. So this is probably 2011, 2012. And the guy, Bob, this is the guy I met. He's the guy that's my like, I guess you call him a handler. He's the guy I work for at the firm. Uh, he pretty much came to me like two, three years after that and asked me how I was doing on the model. Cause he, he was the one that showed me all this stuff and like always would have reached out to the guy just for like betting tips and questions. And I started sending him my results for different weeks. So I was still working a normal job at the time. Um, like working like in pretty much, uh, the Jersey shore. It's, it's one of those TV shows that it's 24 seven. So when I did other TV shows, they're not as like strenuous for the hours there. So if I had free time, I would work on this model and system and do stuff for the NFL. And basically, he brought me in to be mentored by a guy um, like four years after I'd met him. So basically, the guy that was mentoring me, uh, I know I'm rambling here. Uh, He he basically, the way it works is like, if, if I'm like, I'm working with this guy, this group, I had to get permission just to do shots. Uh, Chad's podcast because basically I'm under contract with them for a certain amount of years. So in these contracts, I mean, there's different groups who do different things with different players, but basically in my group, if I sign a contract, it's pretty much saying that if I get tipped out, say someone gives me, I, I pick really good winners all season and each person gives me 10 K in tips or 8 K in tips. Basically my handler is going to hold half of that each season until my contract's up. And if I don't breach anything on my contract, I get that money. And if I breach it, he keeps it. So but on, I didn't even know this. The guy I was mentoring me, he had, he had been skimming on the side. So basically he'd been giving out picks to people, which isn't a big deal. If you're giving out to, like, friends and family, they don't really mind that. But if you're selling it and they catch you, like you're selling on Facebook or selling on Instagram or Twitter, you're going to get in deep shit. So basically my mentor got caught, and he, the guy who was, like, my right above me, he was the NFL better for my group. So I did it for a year with him, and I did better than him. So I hit, like, 
I don't know, say 65% of my bets, and he hit 58, which isn't bad. Like, 58 is a great number. But uh, basically, Bob, my boss, saw that I could do it. So he came to me. Um, this might have been in 2015, 2016 at this point, and offered to pay pay for me to live in Vegas in the football season and work for the group. So that's how, like, I did the Vegas life, and I, I never really liked it. I'm a beach guy. I like the coast. So I, I pretty much did that for three years, lived out there, and that was really how it all pretty much started where I didn't need another job. I can make a living for seven to eight months of work and chill for four months. So pretty pretty crazy story. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot to unpack there from, you know, the Philadelphia mob to Jersey Shore to living <laughs> in Vegas. So it's a cool story. Cody and I – uh, are both from New Jersey, big Jersey Shore fans. So quick question on that. What was it like working on that show, being in the house, I guess, every day with them? And then more gambling related. You mentioned, you know, people selling picks, stuff like that. What's kind of your take on a lot of people on social media saying, you know, I've hit 70% of my bets and, <laughs> you know, pay me. Like, what's kind of your thought on that whole culture and everything that goes around that? Yeah, I'll answer the, the whole tout thing first. So I didn't really know um, – I used to go on Twitter, but my Twitter was always for, like, news and stuff back in the day or um, following, like, funny meme accounts. I didn't really know Twitter had a whole gambling world to it. This is, like, early days, like 2011, 2012, 2013. And I kind of been off of it. And I want to say I came back on in, like, 2018. um, And I started following, uh, I think it was Barstool Bets. Like, they were doing a whole thing with that. And I just like fading the guys. So I literally would follow them just to fade the guys they had doing picks just because it's fun. It's fun like uh, it's the truth that Joe Public, they're, no matter what, they're going to lose long term because it's, it's just that hard. And someone brought to me the whole thing of how because I used to give out picks for friends and family on Twitter. I think that's how Chad found my account or something like that because I was on like a crazy run like. I don't know, like 30 and one or something just insane, which is just pure luck. That's not like, oh, I, I'm preparing to go on that kind of run. And uh, to me, the culture, it's like where, where I'm selling picks, we, we could have a client list if we wanted of thousands of people. But literally the guys I work for, I might only have 100 clients for football this year. But they pay heavy money to get on this list and get these picks. We're on Twitter. If a guy is coming out there and saying, "Yeah, I'll give you my bets this week for twenty-five dollars," and he's got a thousand people giving him that twenty-five dollars, that's a really nice payday for that guy. And he doesn't care if he wins or loses these bets. He already got all your guys' money. He might even make these bets. Where us, it's like I'll send people slips, like my clients, if they're a little unsure or they want to see what kind of number I got to bet. Where these tout guys, it's even if they do show slips, you you like. Action Network, a bunch of people that worked there covered this guy, Vegas Dave, who I met back in the day out in Vegas. He was like a known kind of kid out there as a runner. And basically Vegas Dave told a lot of people back in the day he was going to do what he's doing now, which he's lying about picks. He's lying about his record. And it doesn't matter because a new sucker is born every minute. You you get some idiot on there. They're going to give him the money for the week, and then he'll lose it for him. But it doesn't matter to him because he keeps getting replaced where – if people really are into sports betting, there's so much free content where I don't know why people pay for the picks. And it's hard to like say it because I, I do sell picks technically. But it's not like I'm on Twitter. Like I could charge people for picks on Twitter. People have offered me money. And I just tell them 
I'm under contract. Like, I, I can't take your money if I wanted it. But I wouldn't do it. The whole reason I started this podcast with Chad was just to pass on really sharp information that I'm getting from guys who've been in the business for 40, 50 years who aren't frauds. They, like, legit know their shit, and they're ghosts. Like, you don't know who they are. They move in the shadows, and they make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, my bad. The Jersey Short thing, man. Uh, so when I started, it was called Short Party. It was, like, the season one, so I didn't even know what the hell it was. And I never in my wildest dreams thought that show was going to work. I did the first season. I was still thought to myself, this is the worst thing <laughs> I've ever seen. Because I'm from South Jersey, like, near Philly. So, like, that whole North Jersey gaudy thing, that's not really, like, the norm near me. Like, I got Italian friends, but they're not like that. And I just never forget, like, I like Snooki was this little troll, and it was just, like, like Vinny was cool first season, and Paul D were cool dudes. Like, they were kind of dudes I could get a beer with, and they were, like, cool dudes. But by the end of it, Vinny was a giant douche, and, like, Paul D was still a cool dude all these years later, and he really hasn't changed. But, yeah, man, that first season, I did it, and I went back to college, and I told maybe three people. Because um, I didn't think anyone would believe me that I worked on a TV show because I was, like, 21, 22. And the girl I told, she was in a sorority, and she hit me up, like, two weeks later and was like, this is the – like, my sorority can't stop watching the show you worked on and talking about it. And sure enough, a week later, I got an email. I was like, you want to go to Miami for the second season? I was like, oh, fuck yeah, it. You do. So, yeah, so I never I never finished college because I basically stumbled into that, and I stumbled into sports betting. So, like, that's just life, man, like. Not that I've been, like, lucky my whole life, but, like, I've always been good with talking with people and meeting different people and, like, hearing different ideas. And every opportunity I've ever taken in life, talking to the random guy at the party, has just benefited me in so many ways. So I don't know. I I can't give anyone exact advice how to get on the same path that I did, but you just got to get lucky. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, we might have to have you back on, Simon, to just do a Jersey Shore deep dive. I don't know. Do you watch Double Shot at Love, the new dating show of Vinny and Polly? <laughs> I don't. I got friends that are still into it. It's just, like, it's weird. Good. It's, it's good. It's worth it. It's like the classic saying, like, if you if you work at a donut shop, you don't eat donuts, where it's like, yeah, it's once fair. I worked in reality TV, I was like, not that it's fake, but a lot of shit that goes down is like producers enhanced or people whispering in other people's ears. It's it's not, it is fake, but it's not to a degree, but people know that watching it. One quick follow-up question. Were you in uh, the room when uh, this situation called Angelina dirty little hamster? No, I was in the room. Honestly, that one of the funniest lines ever was, uh, I think Vinny called her um, like a rat from Staten Island. What the heck did he call her? Staten Island dump. Oh Yeah. And like Rob Kardashian, dude, see, that's the crazy thing is like their fights were for real. And, and people didn't even notice the first season. So we weren't owned by anyone. I worked for a company called four, nine, five production. That's that we made the show. So basically we were trying to sell it to VH1, MTV, all these different shows. So that first season, man, if people go back and watch it, they're on every drug you can think of pretty much. Like we, we weren't owned by these like PG companies. So like, Half the time we were dealing with them, we were just trying to make sure they didn't have ecstasy, they didn't have cocaine, because these were, these were real club kids from North Jersey, Staten Island, and, like, they were partiers. So it was funny if you watch in that first season, they were just wild. People just think they are drunk. It's like, no, they're on a concoction of drugs, and we just put it on MTV for a 13-year-old girl. So it's it's wild, man. Okay. Yeah, there's there's so much there to unpack, but we have a great week five slate of games to get yeah, into buddy. here. Um 
I do want to ask one quick story. I listened to uh, the most recent episode of The Favorites, and you told a pretty fascinating story uh, how you got down about $1,000 at, say, 20 different books across New Jersey, Pennsylvania for this uh, Packers-Pats Monday Night Football teaser you put in. And it's Chiefs. interesting. Sorry, Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Um, uh, and I want to ask you, what is your kind of overall – thoughts on teasers and I guess why did you have so much conviction in that place specifically because I think teasers I love them Tyler loves them but I think a lot of you see a lot of sharp betters uh kind of almost talk down on teasers so give us a little insight there again um these guys I got I keep have to reinstate especially Chad a lot of these dudes are just phonies where they're going off the old school rules and books where the sharp mentality is always you bet one game at a time, you play the odds one straight up one one game at a time, and you just take the win or the loss. And if you're good enough long term, you're going to make a profit. Where I'm super boring as a better, I go super safe and and like my risk, like when I take big risk, it's about big value. So, like we talked all the time on the podcast about taking these dog money lines and. A big thing for me is, um, I guess we'll go back to teasers. Teasers for me is like the 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 most fun and easy way to make a profit. So if I have a game, and the line's telling me that the line's off by two points, so I'm getting two points in my to my system for a game's line, and then I'm getting another six on top of it or seven if I do like up the teaser. So right now on my system, I have nine points of value in a game. So all you're doing with teasers is you're avoiding blowouts. It's the most simple thing ever. So when there's a game, like last week, perfect example, Carolina and the Cardinals. When you see that line movement, it's one of those where you just want to stay away because the Sharps are hitting it for a reason. They have a good read on this game. You stay away from those in your teasers. These really good teams, like the Ravens, the Rams, you put them in teasers last week, that hits for you, and you take the bad teams on big teasers, like the Washington or the Giants, and those hit on teasers. So basically, the teaser, I advise people on doing it for the COVID year because of all the unknown. And on the normal year for me, um, I'll never do more than a three-team teaser. That's my limit. If I'm going to do a teaser, the, the most I'll do is three-team. Because I have a lot of friends that do five-teams, six-teams because of the great value. It's just it, it's, it's just too much unknown. If you just break it down, that six-team into a two-teamer, you're going to make a profit by going two for one. So that's what I try to tell people. All right, so let's move into the games we want to preview with you, Simon. The first game we got coming up uh, for week five, Colts at the Browns. Browns are one-and-a-half-point home underdogs. The over-under in this one is 46-and-a-half. Uh, for background, we Cody and I gave out some win totals we liked before the season. The, one, the first one I gave out was the Browns over eight and a half. So I'm feeling pretty good about that, especially after the game last week versus the Cowboys. What are the numbers kind of telling you in this one? Uh, I'm, I've been back in the Browns here early on, and uh, I faded them week one. We took, uh, in our competition we're doing, we took the Ravens week one against them. Because I just thought it was a bad spot for the Browns. Brand new head coach week one. And since then, they've pretty much been steamrolling teams on offense here. I, I had to look again. I'm pretty sure they were I, – I, they're graded out as the number one running offense right now, even over Baltimore. And w- coming to this matchup, Chad actually brought up in our podcast the favorites that 
the Colts have the number one run defense right now. And usually in history, the number one run defense does really well against the number one running attack. They're able to stop it. And when I'm looking at this game and I see this kind of movement, that means early sharp money is coming here on the Colts. And they like the Colts. They took them last week against the Browns, I mean the Bears, and that worked out for them. And I got another week here where I can't believe I'm doing it, but I'm going to back the Browns again. And it's it feels like I'm playing with fire a little bit because the Browns have been just humming, just blowing out these teams on offense, even though their defense isn't that doing that well. And I think in this matchup, I think the Colts are going to putter out on more drives than the Browns will. With that running attack and those two receivers – and Baker, he just if he's not asked to do too much, he, he can produce for this Browns team. So with the numbers I'm looking at, I had this at minus one for the Browns, and it got up to two and a half at some books, and now it's down to one and a half. So I'm going to stay on the Browns. I'm going to take them at this number. Interesting. Okay, Simon, we're going to be on opposite sides of the coin here to start, which I don't feel great about here. But as <laughs> you said, uh, the Colts have been great defensively, specifically against the run. They're first overall in a defensive DVOA and actually fourth overall in total DVOA. So the offense hasn't been uh, very sexy out of the gate here, but they have taken care of business in that sense. Um and looking at the Browns, I agree. They've been incredible to start. We've spoken about on the pod. If they can just stick to the run game, it'll bear out well for them. Losing Nick Chubb's a big blow. I don't think the drop-off to more Kareem Hunt is that steep. Uh, he was incredible for the Chiefs a couple weeks back. But I do think the Colts' ability to bottle up this run game a bit and force Baker to make plays uh, will ultimately pan out well for the Colts. So I like them in this spot. It feels like the Browns had a huge coming-out party last week versus the Cowboys. That final score was deceiving. Uh, they destroyed them. Uh, so I think I think I like the Colts in this spot. Minus one and a half isn't a ton. And the fact that you said sharp money's coming in on the Colts, I'll take that and run with it. Uh, so I'm going Colts <laughs> minus one and a half. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to have to back, I guess, the public and our guest, Simon. I like the Browns in this one. Um, you know, as you guys said, the Colts' defense has been great. They're, they've given up the least amount of yards, points per game. They're the best third-down defense in the NFL so far. But I really like what the Browns' offense has been doing the last few weeks, leading the league in rushing. They have the most explosive run plays. Um, and a reason I don't like the Colts is their their running game has been pretty terrible. They're last in the NFL in yards per carry. They're 26th in rushing explosive plays, last in success rate on rushing plays. So they haven't been able to get the ball. They haven't been able to get the ground game going. You've heard about how great their offensive line is. They haven't really been able to do much. Jonathan Taylor hasn't done a ton. They averaged 2.7 yards a carry last week versus the Bears. So I like the Browns. I don't have a ton of faith in Phillip Rivers. He does have a nice completion percentage so far this year, but he only has four touchdowns, three picks. Um, so I'm backing the Browns as a small home dog. I think they win this game and move on to 4-1. and one. Yeah, I'm hoping Rivers can have some success in this one. The Browns are allowing the third most passing yards in the league. Now, granted, they've had some tough matchups. Dak put up massive numbers in garbage time last week, but... 
So I'm all right. I'm on my own on uh, Colts Island over here, but I'll take them and stick that uh, stick with them. Uh, the next game we want to talk about here an AFC West matchup. We have the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. The Chiefs are 13 point home favorites in this one. Over under 56 and a half. Raiders started on a hot streak. Won their first two. They've lost their next two. Chiefs, we saw them take care of business against a uh, Cam newton uh Pats team on Monday Night Football. Simon, where's your head at with this matchup? A big number here. Uh, the Chiefs are lying. Yeah, so I, that's one of those games I took early, and I put in a couple teasers too. Um, and already we got something going on with the Chiefs and Mahomes because he hugged Stephon Gilmore after the game. So a lot of books have taken this line down, and uh, it's funny where I, I kind of already like the Raiders. I talked on the podcast. I bet the Raiders in this exact spot every year, and I almost lose every year trying to go against Patrick Mahomes with the Raiders. So this is one of those where if, if people are looking for the value, I would just do the teaser. You get the, you get the cushion if it's up to over or 17 or 17 and a half and a little bit of peace of mind. Because when they re hang this line when Mahomes is back, it's probably going to reopen at 13.5, like you were saying. Because I bet it at 12.5, and, and it went the other way. So I lost a little bit of value trying to bet early and thinking it was going to come down. So we'll see what you guys think. I'm, I'm definitely going to be on the Raiders side in this one, hating myself. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there was a game last year where it was around like 8 or 9, and we took the Raiders, and the Chiefs blew them out. I looked at the last four <laughs> matchups since Mahomes has become the quarterback for the Chiefs. They've absolutely dominated. They're averaging almost 36 points a game in those matchups, outscoring the Raiders 143 to 55. <sighs> Having said all that, I think I, <laughs> I'm going to ride with you on this one, Simon. They uh, do. I, just like the, I like the Raiders. It's a lot of points. Um, I think they'll, they'll be able to keep it close with the running game. And the game last week versus the Bills, it was close for a while, and then they had some, like, weird turnovers. Um, I think they'll be able to keep it close. The Chiefs, I feel like the Chiefs have been kind of sleepwalking. They played great in that Monday night game versus the Ravens. But last week versus – or a few days ago versus the Patriots with Hoyer and Jared Stidham, that game was pretty close. And, they, I mean, they were just the better team at the end, and Patriots couldn't do anything offensively. But I don't think they've – they're going to come super focused in this game. And the Raiders, like I said, have been getting blown out in these matchups. Uh, Kansas City's only 20th in explosive explosive pass play so far. So they haven't been humming on offense like we've seen them usually. So I'll take the points with the Raiders. I don't feel great about it, but I think their running game could keep them in it close enough. And there's always a garbage time touchdown you could get at the end. Yeah, so we're going uh, pros versus Joes part two here. Me sticking to my uh, character on the Joe side. I like the Chiefs in this one. The Raiders' defense has been miserable. They're third worst uh, in defensive DBOA. And as you said, Tyler, last year off at, uh, last week they had some just bad turnovers versus, versus Buffalo. Seems like they may have peaked the first couple weeks of the season and that home victory versus the Saints. I, I like their ability to put up points, but... I think this Chiefs defense is actually a little underrated still. Uh, they're fifth best in defensive DVOA. They're just a, a fast team, and this Raiders injury report is pretty lengthy. Trent Brown is back practicing for the first time since week one. We know Ruggs has missed the last two games, so they're not really coming in firing on all cylinders. I agree that at times the Chiefs have just kind of slept off, but they've had a ton of success recently 
versus uh, versus the Raiders. They've covered four of the last five matchups. Mahomes has thrown 11 touchdowns uh, in four career games versus uh, this Raiders team. And ultimately, the Raiders' defense, looking at uh, third downs, they've been giving up uh, first downs at a fi- about a 50% uh, success rate. And within the red zone, they've been pretty miserable, allowing uh, 65% uh, of touchdowns there. So I'm riding with the Chiefs at minus 13, um, and uh, we'll see we'll, we'll see how this one goes for me. Uh, the last game we want to hit on here before we get to our lock of the week is the Sunday night football matchup. We have the Minnesota Vikings going into Seattle, taking on the Seahawks. Seahawks seven point home favorites over under the highest one of the, de- uh, the highest one of the week. 57 and a half. Now, the Seattle just continues to roll 4 0 against the spread and straight up this year. Simon, which way you lean in? Kirk Cousins in primetime or, uh, or Russ? Uh, <laughs> I gave it out on uh, the favorite spot where I liked Minnesota when it was at 7.5. I thought that was good value for a team that they can backdoor teams with these wide receivers and Dalvin Cook. And I think that. Now that the line has coming down a lot of books to minus six and a half, I think the value is starting to switch to the Seahawks side where I, I liked having that big number, the kicker, but now that it's crossed the seven, it's down to the six and a half. We have to come back to it's Kirk Cousins in prime time. I'm sure you guys have some numbers on it, but in in my experience, I've made a lot of money fading Kirk away from home and in prime time games. And, this is another one where the Sharps are going to come in on Minnesota because Seahawks are 4-0 ATS and they're 4-0 in the season. It's just the laws of average. The, the way the season is going to work out, the best you can do usually is 13-3, 12-4. So I, I, on your show, I'm going to take the Seahawks minus uh, 6.5 and, and ride with the public here, even though I already gave out 7.5 of the Vikings. Yeah, as you mentioned, Kirk Cousins in primetime is terrible and – but there is a note to be taken. No crowd in Seattle, which is a huge factor, especially there. Um, I, I feel kind of gross, but I kind of I'm kind of leaning towards the Vikings in this one. I just think this is going to be a shootout type of a game that neither team can stop each other. So I think the Vikings are going to be able to put up points. They've put up 30 plus in three of their four games. They played poorly versus Indianapolis, but Indianapolis's defense looks like it might be the best in the league. So. I like their offense. Justin Jefferson is emerging into a stud, filling in where Stephon Diggs left. Um, Seattle's defense isn't much better. Um, you know, they've given up the most passing yards per game, 100 yards. Vikings is 29th. So I think this is just going to be a super high-scoring game. And like you said, uh, Simon, there's always the potential of a backdoor touchdown at the end. So I like getting the Vikings with the points just because I don't think either defense could stop the other team. So I'll take the underdog in this one. Yeah, seven seven is a lot in essentially what's a neutral field game here. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna ride with Seattle here minus seven. Uh, we know Kirk on prime time is never a pretty thing, even with no fans. Um, as someone who has been a Kirk Cousins backer, uh, specifically at home, and generally speaking, I think he gets dragged for generally what's uh he's largely been a an above 500 game manager throughout his career um and specifically seattle's own the vikings of late they're five and one against the spread the last six matchups i think russell wilson has kind of been let loose in the sense that 
they haven't had a ton of success running the ball, and that defense is so bad that they need to be aggressive offensively, which actually is probably their best strategy. Um, and this Vikings defense allowing the fourth most pass yards per game, so I'm going to ride with them. Minus seven as a 49er fan, Simon, Tyler, and I are, are Niners guys. It hurts to back Russell Wilson, but <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with Seattle here. Uh, and, lastly, let's uh, get to and our, Just one yeah, uh, quick ahead. point. So so sure. basically, just like last week where your 49ers were going against my Eagles, um, yeah. in primetime games, what you're looking at is taking the money line of the dogs because Joe Public likes to parlay their games into Sunday night and take the favorite on the money line. So you'll find most weekends going into the Sunday night and Monday night games, good favorites are going to have a lot of money on the money line. So what I like to do with these Sunday night games is, like it just said last week, so I wouldn't recommend it again with the Minnesota this week because Vegas already got their 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 uh, parlay breaker last week with the Eagles. But I am going to be putting a little bit on Minnesota's money line, even though I'm back in the Seahawks here. That's an interesting point, and I think – one thing to like about the Vikings, I think Cody mentioned it earlier, Dalvin Cook leading the league in rushing. They're running the ball really well. They have the third most explosive runs in the league. They could get the ground game going versus Seattle. They could just keep Russell Wilson off the field. You would think that's how they would want to attack this game. So I think that's an if you're thinking Minnesota is going to win, that's kind of the route they have to take because their defense hasn't really stopped anybody yet. So <laughs> they're just going to have to sh- shrink the clock and kind of keep the ball out of Russ's hands, but let's move on to our lock of the week. Um, Simon, is this something you and Chad do, give out a lock? Uh, what's kind of your process around a lock of a week? Um, I wish I was like that guy that was like lock of the week of the century of the year. Uh, <laughs> a hundred dollars for the pick. <laughs> yeah. Um, well I'm not played. good with locks. I'll be honest, man. Like I, my friends used to always text me, like especially when I was living on Vegas, they are like, give me your one best bet of the day. And it got to, right? dude. It got to the point where I would just give an over under because if I did a straight spread, they would screw up my bets because it'd be like the one game I was all in on, and it would just bust all my different teasers and things like that. So, for your guys' show, I'll try to give people um, a sharp a sharp dog that I think is there's good value on um, for this weekend, and. Uh, most people this week, they're they're going to come in, and they're really going to come in heavy on um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the thinking here is just that they're a fine-tuned team, and they're coming off a bye week, and the Eagles are coming off a win that they were a huge dog and they probably shouldn't have won. But when the numbers all up to 7.5 and, and 7 at certain books – that's giving me a little pause where if the Steelers are as good as people are saying they are, shouldn't this game against a banged-up Eagles team be 10 or 11? So it's making me think that Vegas knows something here. And when I graded this game out, I had it at 6. So if it's up, when it was up to 7.5, I pounced on the Eagles number. And it might come down to 7 because Sharps are going to take this number. But I wouldn't bet this early in the week. i try to wait and see. As the public comes in on their teasers and their parlay, the money line parlays on Pittsburgh, I'd wait. You could, you're going to get a better number on the Eagles. That's good insight. Are we sure you're not biased, Simon, being an Eagles fan? Uh, you could say that, but no. Like when we were bad, we're bad. I fade us. Like uh, we were absolutely brutal last year. I'm sure you guys know with all the injuries. 
And yeah. Vegas kept giving us the respect because we had won a Super Bowl like two years prior. So that was easy money for me last year. We're coming to this year. I gave out their under on the podcast over the summer because I think it was like nine and a half or eight. And I said I had them at seven. So, yeah, all my boys hit me up. They're like, dude, you're a sellout. What are you doing? I go, I'm just trying to make people money. Like, they want to know the honest truth. I didn't think the Eagles were going to be good this year. I, I knew we were an aging team. I saw a lot of injuries coming. But, no, this is my unbiased opinion. You're just going to get a Steeler team that's going to be sleepwalking a little here. And I think the Eagles – they're humming. I think they're going to come in high, high, highly motivated to, to steal this game from Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh always, once or twice a year, has these letdown games at home. So I think this is one of those spots. Yeah, it's a good I, I point. And yeah. Go ahead, Ty. Yeah. I was just going to say, Steelers' defense has looked great, but offensively I don't think they've been really clicking. And who knows what this unexpected bye week, how that will play into effect. And a couple of their games have been, like, closer than I think the final score indicated but Cody you could give out your lock of the week first and then I'll wrap it up sure so so far I am two one and one Simon got uh screwed by Tyler Bass missed extra point last week Tyler's three and one on lock so big week for me here got to rebound uh and, and make sure I uh try and get this lead back so lock this week I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. They're traveling east, taking on the Washington professional football team. Dwayne Haskins is gone. He's out of the picture now. We have uh, the Kyle Allen show uh, in Washington. Kyle Allen was a little frisky at the beginning of last year when he first took over that job in Carolina and then turned into a bit of a turnover machine. Just looking at his game log against Atlanta, he threw four picks. Uh, He, against Washington, won. Atlanta two starts he threw six picks so he's a bit of a turnover machine we saw what the Rams did last week versus the Giants they kind of sleptwalked through that game and uh, left it out there but I like them a lot in this spot they've had a ton of success under McVay uh, on these uh, 1 p.m. East Eastern time zone starts the only one they've ever lost was actually versus the Bills earlier this year but I think again the Bills are are one of the top teams in the NFL this season so overall, under McVay, they're five and one straight up and against the spread in those in these spots. Um, and just looking at them in terms of their efficiency numbers, right? So offensively, they're the second most uh, efficient offense in the league, middle of the pack defense. But I like Aaron Donald to get pressure on Kyle Allen for some mistakes in this one, and I think they're just going to take advantage of. Uh, a Washington team that's pretty decent against the pass, but against the run, they've been getting gashed of late. Their last couple games, they've given up uh, 158 and 154 yards, or 144 yards per game versus uh, Cleveland and Baltimore. So I'm going to take the Rams in this spot, minus seven. It feels like it should be closer to 10, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Rams here. Yeah, I, th- I think Kyle – I feel bad for Dwayne Haskins, to be honest. I think last year he got a bad deal with – I mean, in this year, too, just all the dysfunction going on in that team. They didn't have a real training camp or preseason this year. He gets benched uh, for Kyle Allen, kind of, I think, unfairly. They took him in the first round, but I guess it speaks to how bad the, AFC, the NFC East is that they think they could win the division, so they're going to go with the guy who gives them the best shot. Um, Simon, what did you think about that one? Yeah, I'm with you on the Rams. I gave it out on uh, the favorites pod, and when I gave it out, Haskins was the QB. And now I have to pause and think to myself, this always happens where the first first start for the first QB 
for this QB. Sometimes he can catch the defense off guard or he can get an advantage on because they weren't prepping for him. But we have film on Kyle Allen from right. last year. They know what he can do good and can't do good. And I know it's another long flight for the Rams. They literally went to the Bills. They flew home, played again, another flying back to the East Coast. Yeah, that's a lot of travel. But I'm with you when I'm looking at it. I, I, I do like fading these NFC East teams, even though I know I just took the Eagles on the road. <laughs> uh, you're, you're looking at a spot here with the Rams that they usually beat up on these bad teams. And they had a bad week last week. I think that was more from a hangover from the Bills game, such a high of highs and losing at the end there. They came home, kind of sleptwalked that game. And now they're going to come out here against McVay's former team he used to be on. So that's right. a lot of extra motivation for him to really try to show up on this field against the owner that let him walk out the door. So I'm with you. I like the Rams. I feel great that we're on the same side here. (laughs) (laughs) It it usually works out well that way, but I'm going to go with another NFC East team, and I feel disgusting taking this pick because I think this either is going to go very well or after the first quarter I'm I'm done. I'm going to take the Giants plus nine and a half. I think that's just versus the Cowboys. I just think that's way too many points for the Cowboys to be getting. They've been terrible this year. If it wasn't for Dan Quinn just being the most incompetent coach, they'd be 0-4. Mike McCarthy might have been fired already. Um, I think there's a ton of pressure there, given all the expectations coming in this year. And the Giants' defense hasn't been as bad as maybe people think. They didn't play well versus the 49ers, but there were a couple turnovers in that game that set up the 49ers for short fields. Um, Their defense ranks first in the least amount of explosive pass plays given up. They're giving up the the fourth least amount of rushing yards per play. Um, Last week versus the Rams, not a great offensive game, and they've been terrible on offense. But um, in the second half, they averaged 6.5 yards per carry, so I think they're maybe starting to get a little momentum there. They limited Aaron Donald to only two tackles and two quarterback pressures, which might sound like a lot, but for him that was actually – pretty pedestrian game, so they're able to limit him. Um, and Dallas's defense has just been terrible. They're bottom 10 in Russian pass um, success rate. They've given up the most points per game. And I think um, this isn't a stat or a trend, but this is a Jason Garrett revenge game. Um, he was fired. Now he's the Giants' offensive coordinator. The offense has been terrible, but sets up well for them to play well in this game versus an awful Dallas defense. So I think they come motivated for Jason Garrett, keep it close, and the Giants cover uh, nine and a half. You you said to me in the Airbnb earlier that you felt sick about your lock of the week, and I immediately knew that this was the game you were talking about and that you liked the Giants. I feel like the Jason Garrett revenge game goes both ways, right? Like the Cowboys could be like, let's stick it to the guy that helped us underachieve for years. Underachieve. Look at look at what's happening right now with Mike yeah, McCarthy. Yeah, They're but underachieving the... even more. The Cowboys have allowed the second most passing touchdowns in the league at twelve, so they're on pace <laughs> to give up forty eight. Yeah. Um, they have the third worst opposing QB passer rating. They've, they've committed the fourth most penalties, while the Giants have committed the fourth least. To, you know, Jason Garrett wasn't a great coach. I won't say that, but it hasn't gotten any better there. I think the pressure just continues to rise. So, yes, it could be a revenge game from either angle, but I don't think this team loves the new coaching staff any more than uh, the old one. Yeah, Simon, what do you think about this one? My man, heck, you go. So many, there's so many good public dogs out there. You could have gone the Panthers. You could have gone the Bengals. And you try to go on the sharp dog of the week. 
here with the the Giants. I, I'm with you, man. That's that's a huge number. And if you're a Giants fan, this is this is it. If if Daniel Jones can't light up this defense with the weapons he has on offense, because his receiving core is not terrible. People think they're really bad. They're really not. Um, he just hasn't been good this year. And the Rams tried everything they could to give that game away last week, and the Giants still couldn't pull out a win. Um, I gave it out too, man. I like the Giants plus nine and a half. That's so many points for a Cowboys team. But it, it does feel like you got to be real sharp to take this number because it, it's a tough life back in Daniel Jones, man. You're going to have a sweat of sweats uh, it, back it's in definitely, Yeah, it's definitely going to be stressful. I mean, I could see the Cowboys. Cowboys need to play well. And if they just come out and are up twenty one nothing after the first quarter, <laughs> right? I'll feel I'll feel pretty terrible. But Joe Judge, Giants coach, said the message to his team after the Rams loss was their season restarts this week, their first division game. And as we all know, the NFC East is terrible. If they win this game, they're in a position where they could win that division. So not all is a loss. And like you said, if Daniel Jones needs to get some momentum, get some confidence, this, this is, is the it. team. This is the team he has to do it again. So. I'll ride with him, and I'll probably hate myself uh, by halftime of that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, Simon, this has been great. Thank you for joining us. I guess time will tell how all of our picks do this weekend. Uh, but where can our listeners follow you on Twitter and, and the podcast? For sure, man. We uh, we do a show called The Favorites Podcast. It's me and uh, Chad Millman, New York Times bestseller. He'll remind you every two minutes. And uh, for Twitter, I'm not great at it. I'll be honest. I'm not great with technology, so I'm not on Twitter a lot. But, like, uh, it's been growing. You can find me at, at Simon Hunter T-A-N. So it's the Action Network. Um, and for anyone that's wondering, like, I'm not on there. Like, we were talking about, I'm not on there selling picks or anything like that. I just mainly put out stuff for the podcast, the picks for our shows, and then, Every now and then, if I really like a game or if you just want my opinion to reach out, I'll give it to you. Like, I don't care, win or lose, but if you come back and bitch at me about the pick, I'll never respond to you. <laughs> That's my only rule for Twitter, man. You can hit me up anytime. Just know if you're a dick, I'll be a dick back. Perfect. Love that. Thanks, Simon. All right, boys. Be good, man. Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet essentials. One device included.